Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald. I am the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Lead with your gifts and don't let your age, friends, family, a co-worker stop you from planning and living your dreams. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My MoneyMakingConversation.com guests this week are Grammy Award winning songwriter Jermaine Dupree, Dr. Holly Carter, she produced the hit movie Clark Sisters, the first ladies of gospel, John Hope Bryant, he's creating one million new black businesses, and Jilly Moore discussing her new book, The Boss Babe Can Cookbook. Visit MoneyMakingConversation.com right now. I'm Rashawn McDonald. My interviews are free and they can change your life. My next guest knows a lot about planning and a lot about putting forth effort. My next guest is multi-Grammy award-winning producer Jermaine Dupree. With over 400 million records sold to date, Dupree, a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, is one of the most successful producers in the music industry. He is currently in the studio with Justin Timberlake and my man, Anthony Hamilton, working on their next project. In addition to his many TV ventures, Jermaine was one of the first hip-hop DJs to hold a five-year residency at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. That's a bad hotel, Las Vegas. We have a lot to talk about, including Jermaine's being a vegan for 15 years and his partnership with the plant-based lifestyle platform, The Beat. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the founder of So So Deaf Recordings and Management, Jermaine Dupree. Yo, yo, thank uh, you for that great interview. <laughs> hey Jermaine, here's the sad part about it. I left out a lot. I left out a lot. Nah, that's, that was an amazing <laughs> intro. Thank you. I might hey, steal that and send it to somebody else. I do the next interview. <laughs> it is Jermaine. I follow you around. I follow you around. Y'all, y'all a little band, a little a little band follow you around, man. But you all deserve right, it, brother. Right. You deserve it, man. When I think about the music and the impact and the people you've impacted over years, and and being a cornerstone for the Atlanta music, just 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 just, just can you surmise? Did, what you expected when you got in it and where you standing right now in your career? Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't expect a lot to happen. Um, yes, sir. I expected, I, I really just expected to exist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and I, that's all I really wanted to do was just exist and be in it. And, um, just like any other young kid or whatever that you just want to be in it. You want to be um, all in it, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> um, and um, I think one thing led to the next that like just put me in a position where I saw right. the front of the line. I saw the front of the line being something that uh, uh, attainable. Right. Right. The, the front of the line is attainable once I got in. And I'm like, if you put this much more work into it, you could get to the front of the line or you could get in the conversation with the people that's in the front of the line. And that's, 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 that's what became my goal once I got in the game. And when you're, you're definitely in the game and le- a leader in the game. When I, when I talk about, this has been an amazing year for us emotionally, physically, especially with COVID-19, emotionally, dealing with COVID-19. And then you're in the music business and you're seeing what happened to George Floyd. That emotion, where were you at emotionally with that whole aspect? And was that a responsibility to try to put something out there in the music world that can basically uh, say how you feel or how America feels at that point? Or feeling right yeah, now? Yeah, I, mean, I think the key word that you use is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at both the situation 
as a responsibility from um, the black community as well as the music community as well as um, every other community that's out there. I feel like we as people, we have to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it struck me in that, and in, 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 that's the core that it actually struck. What's, what responsibility am I going to take in this? Right. Um, and it took me a minute to really figure it out. Like, should I say something? Do I want to be political? Do I want people to even think that I have, I have, I stayed away from that in my career. Right. Um, and um, because, because I felt like I wanted you to always believe that I was just in the middle mm-hmm. of, you know, politics, as you see now, it's got people where people find out who you voting for and they don't even like you no more. And it's Absolutely. like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be in that space, but mm-hmm. that's where I've always felt the energy. So I, I always kind of like, I kept my comments politically to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a voting a person long as I've been voting long as I could vote, but I never was open, openly about what was going on. And this, this put me in a position where I felt like, um, if I have made it to the front of that line that I right. was talking about prior, mm-hmm. and if I am one of these people that are in the conversation with the people at the front of the line, um, the people that I look up to that's at the front of the line in their past, they have done things that soundtrack a time like this that we was going through. Mm-hmm. And I looked at myself and I looked at my other peers, Jante, Brian Cox, mm-hmm. uh, people around me. And I was just like, we, we are not acting like people at the front of the line. We acting like guys that's in the back of the line, right. still looking for somebody at the front of the line to do something. Mm-hmm. So um, I just asked myself, if I'm really, do I feel like I'm at the front of the line? If I feel like I'm at the front of the line, then I got to do something. Right. Do I, does it matter what the outcome of what it is that mm-hmm. you do? No. What matters is that you take that step yes. to show that you are at the front of the line. And this is what people on the front line should basically be doing. It's, it's amazing that you, you speak like that because it really is about taking a step. And it is not about you don't know what the result of that step may be, Jermaine, you know, but when you wake up, you want to know I did. And that's the key word. I did. I did something that was important to me, important to my family, important to my vision. Because, again, I don't tell people who I vote for. I don't ask my employees to tell me who they are voted for. That's their decision. That doesn't mean they are wrong people. But like you said, nowadays it's so divisive. You know, you know, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, then you're good. If you're a Republican, you're stupid. Or you're, or you could be considered a redneck. Or you consider deplorables, like they were said a long time ago when when Hillary Clinton was running for presidency. So it really is in the point. But that's why I say music is so emotionally driven, Jermaine. It really yeah. puts you in a way. You know, especially with COVID, clubs being shut down, you know, dance music. Is that is that a record that somebody wants to drop right now? Something that can get you bouncing? Or do you stay with this, you know, this this slow motion music of saying a change is about to come? You know, doing Sam Cooke, doing a Marvin Gaye. What is that? What is that beat right now? Because you're in studio with two very talented guys, Justin Timberlake and Anthony Hamilton, two guys who are just very different. That's what, that's what speaks to your genius, but have a, a voice that is very recognizable in this industry. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, you know, the beat, the beat is what you, what the beat is always what you want it to be. Yes, sir. You just, you pay attention to what's going on just because of what's going on, just so you can be that person to know what's going on. But you, you as you as the driver of the ship, you have to dictate what what it is that people go to next, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, and you got to put your all and your belief into that movement so that people pay attention to the belief. Like that's one thing that I think people don't understand. People pay attention more to belief than they pay attention to the actual action. Right. If you believe in your action, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that people believe in. That's what people pay attention to. I'm sorry. They pay attention to the belief. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like every time I put out an artist, whether it's been crisscross, the brat, escape, jagged edge, bow wow, whoever it is, mm-hmm. I, I think people pay attention to my belief. Mm-hmm. They paying attention to the way that I believe that these artists are going to achieve or, or they're going to succeed. Um, people might not be paying attention to the talent. So much, but they believe that, Jermaine believes in this artist really, really. He really mm-hmm. believes in these kids. Mm-hmm. He really believes that they're going to be something. Right. And people pay attention to that. Once you pay attention to the belief, once you get people paying attention to the belief, that's that's what it is. So as far as steering the beat and what it is, it's really like, you know, I could say this, though. Okay. I can say that the, the, the industry and I feel like the world for me anyway, mm-hmm. the world was ready for all of the young artists of the world to step up to the plate and make something, make a soundtrack for this era. Right. That's what I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you can't be in 2020. Um, you can listen to Sam Cooke and you can listen to Marvin Gaye. Right. But those records weren't made for this time that we're in. Those records was made for a time that we don't live in. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be scared to make music for this time that we're in. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's sad that it sounds like, it is made for this time. You know, it sounds like you know that's the sad part about it. Like I said, repeating history. Like I said, you know, yeah, like, yeah, totally. like, like I said, totally. mother, mother, there's far too many of you crying. Brother, yeah. brother, there's far too many of you dying. That's Marvin Gaye's yeah. track, and that's his yeah. lyric. But when you look at what you do, you know, you're a songwriter. Remember the songwriter Hall of Fame, and in, in, in my world they say that's mailbox money. When mailbox money means that the checks come while you're sleeping, if I'm not mistaken. Now COVID hit, live events shut down. How does that affect your career and the industry that you're in? When COVID hit, they say you have to shut down. Then they say it's opening back up. Now it's shutting back I mean, down I, again. Well, you just spoke. You just spoke about it, and you're actually one of the first people I've actually heard say that. You know, um, COVID hit, and that's where the attention went. The, mm-hmm. the attention went straight to my mailbox because right. that that's what I am. I'm a songwriter that's written songs that s- goes to the mailbox and picks up <laughs> that, 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 that mailbox check every, every month or every, whatever it comes, you know, you mm-hmm. don't know, you know, I, you don't know how frequent it is, but if you write enough records and you write mm-hmm. enough hit records, mm-hmm. um, that check is, is that check is definitely there. And it's mm-hmm. another one that comes right after that and it's another one that comes right after that and mm-hmm. i think for the first time in my career this is the first time that i actually paid attention to that because i always was getting money so many multiple places right, right? multiple streams of income mm-hmm. i paid attention to it but i mean now it's like that's the focus the focus is the focus of my life is the mailbox and mm-hmm. the focus of my life is to create more music that i could put out in the world 
so that I can continue to keep walking to the mailbox. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. That's part of your legacy. Like you said, that mailbox money is uh, it's something that black people aren't aware of, you know, because we are, I was, Steve Harvey and I were sitting around, we used to call ourselves working wealthy. As long as we hit the stage, as long as we do a concert, as long as we're on this TV show, we're wealthy because physically we're doing the job. But there are some advantages that you have. You have a skill set, Jermaine, where you are out there taking those God gift, those godly talents and writing music and producing. And how did that become such a gift for you? Because just dropping dimes down on young people out there who need to know, who want to be their version of Jermaine Dupree. What is it? Is it, is it, is it is getting connected? Is it relationships? Or what is it that makes Jermaine Dupree Jermaine Dupree? Um, understanding, I think, you know, I, 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 I like I said, I, I called a bunch of people today, mm-hmm. a lot of things going on in the industry today that I don't, that I don't like, nor do I understand why it's happening. Right. And I called a couple of my friends at different labels to ask them questions about why I see these things happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told them that I'm in school, basically. Mm-hmm. I told them, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm at home and I'm doing homeschool right. and I need answers. And they thought it was a joke. You know, people mm-hmm. laughing, man. But I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest about it because I, I, you know, I'm we're in an era where the young people believe they know exactly what's going on, and they use the old people to get what they want, but they don't believe the old people know what they're talking about. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the era that we're in. But mm-hmm. then. The young people's results ain't nothing like the older people's results. Right. And they need to get to and the, and the older people mm-hmm. and the older people are too scared to say something to the young people because it's going to make them look like they old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. they're scared to say something to the young people because they don't want the young people to feel on their bad side. They want to stay on the good side of the young people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm in, I'm studying this. I'm watching. And that's basically what I've done my whole career. I just study. I mm-hmm. watch, I study, I watch, mm-hmm. I learn, I ask questions, and I and I and I want to. I just want to see what, what, like you know. Let me hear your answer. Let right. me hear your answer. And right. I take each one of these answers and I come up with my own answer. You know what makes pay- you what makes you special, Jermaine? Hopefully, you don't mind me complimenting you that you're authentic, okay, and you're topical. See, when you're authentic and you're topical, age doesn't matter, and you don't have to play that game that I'm younger than what I am. Because you're authentic and people come to top me in a, and the relevancy of being topical is very important because it means you know what's going on today. 
you know. I mean, you know, with me, not to cut you off, I, I think with me, the difference with the whole relevancy and young and all of that is that when I started in this business, nobody wanted to talk to me because I was so young. Right. right? <laughs> yes. I started, when I started in this business, people thought I was crazy because mm -hmm. I was so young. Mm -hmm. So as moving forward, I don't ever feel like I'm old. Mm -hmm. I don't ever feel mm -hmm. like I definitely don't feel like it's a younger person smarter than me. Right. Because, right. Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I had to go through, I had to go through so much as a younger person to get older people to even have a conversation with me. Right. 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 So therefore I listen to younger people because they have great ideas and young people they have amazing ideas, but the execution of them ideas when you're young, you don't know how to do it. I mean, me as one, I was, I was, I had TLC and crisscross at the same time and I was young enough to have the artist, mm -hmm. but I was too young to know what to do with both of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and believe me, you know, I wasn't calling you old. I was, I was just no, talking no, no, about no, 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 I know. I know. No, I'm, just, I, I'm saying I'm glad you said it because like, I don't, I never feel like that anyway. Those, yeah. those things don't even mm -hmm. like, I think people think I think about it, right. but I don't no, because you, you, I always I, I don't think people understand where I came from. When I first made Crisscross, I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and for a 17 year old kid to produce a whole album on mm -hmm. some kids that weren't even teenagers was the most unheard of thing in the music business ever at the time when I did it. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get nobody that was at the front of that line to even have a conversation with me. We I had to find people that would, I had to find somebody that believed, like I said, that believed in my belief. Right. Put crisscross out. But the other people at the front of the line, they didn't, they didn't believe in what I was looking at. You know, this is what I love about what, when our conversation that we have it, sustainability, a sustaining sound, you know, and when I say that, when I, when I listen to, if you listen to just, just when you said crisscross, jump, jump came into my head, that beat still moves me, still feel comfortable, doesn't feel dated. The sounds of TLC does not feel dated. Feels like it comes on the radio, go, that moves me. That, that has to be very proud, a moment of you, that your music is has a, a stands the time, you know, because we all know, man, when, a, when you, like I said, I mentioned a, a Sam Cooke song. That song will, 20 years from now, we're going to want to hear that song. 100 years from now. So when you look at your music, you know, how do you, doesn't that give you comfort to know that your, your music is still on the radio 20 years old? That it still has relevancy, it still moves people, people still get excited, and the new generation gets excited about it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, it gives you confidence, but it also gives me a headache because I'm trying to, <laughs> you, also, you also sit here and you be like, I, I, don't, I don't know how I did it. Yes. You know, I yes. don't I don't I don't know how I achieved that with multiple artists, mm -hmm. but I know it is something that I have to learn and figure out in order right. to keep going. Right. So it's a good headache. Oh that's a good <laughs> headache, Mr. Mailbox, Mr. Mailbox. But let's talk about two artists, Justin Timberlake <laughs> and Anthony Hamilton. That's a headache. They're two different talents. How do you yeah. work with two different talents like that? Well, Anthony Hamilton, I signed him from the from the beginning, and I don't think people a lot of people don't know that. I signed Anthony Hamilton from the first time that y'all heard Anthony Hamilton, he came through so, so deaf. And um, I'm a fan, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Anthony Hamilton's music. I know exactly who he is mm -hmm. as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I understand that the most valuable piece 
in the Anthony Hamilton puzzle is his voice. Yes. And to make sure that people hear his voice um, the way I heard his voice and mm -hmm. they continue to hear his voice the way I heard it is the key. If I do anything else outside of that, I'm, 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 I'm killing myself. So it's actually easy because all you got to do is make amazing songs and let him sing them. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the hard part is to get him to like the songs or get him to write the songs. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you make a, once you make amazing songs, mm -hmm. the Anthony Hamilton puzzle is a pretty easy puzzle to put together. And Justin Timberlake. Justin is is a little bit more. <laughs> is a little bit more <laughs> difficult. I didn't, I didn't sign him, mm -hmm. and he, you know. He's not my artist, and you have to become telepathical in a way to try to figure out if you're making what that person wants. And he told me what he wants, and you got to try to go in the studio and try to create that. And he, you know, he'll give you a head nod. He might not. Some things might not work. Um, but um, that's a little bit more difficult. It's a much more challenging situation because he has other producers, and you got to kind of fit into that bag. Mm -hmm. Um so that's more like a that's not as easy as Anthony Hamilton. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's not as easy because people pay attention to it. Like you, you, you said it. I'm, I'm not telling a lot of people that I'm working on Justin's album because it's pressure. If it don't work, it's not good. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people going to be like, oh, Jermaine, you messed up Justin's album. Or you messed Justin Timberlake up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't say that, Jermaine. We won't say that. That's what it is. It's a pressure. So I, I you know, I try to. I, I just try to, you know, you got to get to know the person, though. That's yes. what it is. You got to mm -hmm. get to know the person. And you got to get to you got to get a trust between the two of you mm -hmm. where he trusts that you're giving him your best and mm -hmm. vice versa. Let's talk about Mr. Multi you missed the multiple streams of income. Let's talk about uh, this plant based lifestyle platform that you're tied, you're tied into. 15 years you've been a vegan. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. And, and you're talking to the worst eater in the world. So help me out, Jermaine. Help me out. Help a brother out. Okay. Uh, called The Beat. Tell us about that. And why were you involved in that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I've been vegan for 15 years and it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenge to find places, to find information, mm -hmm. uh, to know in different cities where I should go eat, um, to, just continue to educate myself. It's kind of been like, you know, you ask a question, you find somebody else to tell you something, da 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 da. But mm -hmm. there's never been a one standing space for this. And um, I was introduced to the beat not too long ago, and that and the mindset was to put everything on one site. And if you're vegan and you're into getting vegan or whatever it is, you go ahead and you learn. You can get recipes about eating. You can find you can find places to go eat. In your city, you can hear interviews by people and my friends that I that I interview that have turned vegan. Um, just so much information about being a vegan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and veganism as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it felt it felt like the right thing for me to do, right? As to become a partner of this site. My man, I want to appreciate you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversation. Uh, this is my new studio I'm building out. I'm building out a big old video wall behind me here, Jermaine. Yeah, this I see temporary. that. That's nice. It's making, it's, making me, it's making me have to move my screen around. I'm like, damn, he got a great little background. <laughs>
But I'm now in Peachtree Corners here in Atlanta. So when it gets better, I want you to come by. Let's sit down, man. Let's talk. I, will, I, got, a, I got a kitchen upstairs, man. We can make some. You can you can make some vegan dishes for us. Put it on camera. But more importantly, thank you for taking the time and sharing those gems with my listeners and my viewers on Money Making Conversation. Be careful now. All right. Okay. Cool. Oh man, thank you. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits? A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works Side by side, as I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case. For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life's goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Dr. Ian Smith. Dr. Ian Smith states, people have to realize that dieting is not a sprint. It's a marathon. If you celebrate the small victories, you will eventually win the war. With the current climate of uncertainty that we are all facing during these pandemic times, Dr. Smith is now the solo host of The Doctors for its 13th season, and he's going to fill you with information that is going to change your life. I work with the hope that even if one person can find a benefit or feel like what I've written and created has changed their life. If, if it can impact even just one life, it makes me feel like all of the time and the effort and the dedication was well worth it. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is uh, Dr. Holly Carter. This 25-year veteran began her career in television casting, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Rock, and Martin ultimately expanding into content creation and brand development. Dr. Holly Carter runs a multi-platinum, multi-platform production and talent boutique partnership that creates content across all media. You hear me? All media. Under a company umbrella, Carter's created Oxygen Breakout franchises, most recently the Lifetime original, the Clark Sisters, Lord knows, setting records, the first ladies of gospel. I saw it three times. So I, I, I like to believe I contributed to the success. With producing partners Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, and Mary J. Blige, which premiered as the highest rated original movie of 2020 on both broadcast and cable networks. Additional TV credits include Love and Listings, The Next Big Thing on BET, Chad Loves Michelle, and My Father's Daughter on Lifetime. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. Oh, she's special. 25 years. I first saw her walk into the studio, me and Steve Harv with Usher. Look at her now. She's standing on her own two feet. Don't have to ask nobody. But she understands faith has gotten here, and she understands faith is going to stay with her until she calls, until he calls her home for that homecoming. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Holly Carter. How you doing, Ms. Carter? 
I'm well. How are you? Come on now. That is not the holly. Don't do me. I'm well. This is girl. You are on fire. Look at here. What is it? a first look deal with two with own? No own. Oh, see, see. There's certain people you can have first look deals with. You know this. I ain't gonna start knocking networks, but see, own two holiday gospel music specials, two unscripted projects, girl. Don't you sit on this call with me and be uh, uh and be uh calm. That's number now. Now when you got that deal, okay, were you were you like, oh really? So can no. you give, can you give your audience, your fan base, how I really felt to get the deal? Because we all work for that, and I'm not saying that's the end of the road for you. Yes. but that's special. That's special. Yes. it is special. It is special, and I was so. I felt so blessed and I felt really excited. And you know what I what I realized? I was doing a a live last Saturday morning with Kiera mm-hmm. uh Sheard and she had me on with her her um her this team of young women that she mentors. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Tell us about your vision board." <laughs> and when I thought about it, I had put on my vision board um you know the idea of Oprah and the network, just because I've had such a, it's been such a inspiration to me to just watch the success of a black woman, right. how mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. a brand, but I just put it up there just to have it as a point. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at it, I'm like, I put that on my vision board last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and look at where it is. I am this year. So yeah, it, it was just very full circle. I felt very blessed and, mm-hmm. Also incredibly humbled. Okay, cool. We're on money making conversation. When when someone says a first look deal, can you break it down to everybody exactly what that means? When you say two holiday gospel music specials and two unscripted. When you say unscripted, we're talking about docu series, right? Reality shows, right? Yes. Or documentaries. Yes. Um, docu series, which is a reality um, mm-hmm. series, unscripted shows, mm-hmm. and so um, the two holiday music specials. One is for. Christmas. The other is for Easter. Okay. Um, so we'll have one coming out next year. That's mm-hmm. an Easter special, which is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, then the unscripted projects are really based on families, mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, format. So it's, right. you know, really exciting. Well, you know, the thing about it, the reason I, 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 I bring that up because, you know, Everybody else used to get the deals. You know, you say, girl, how they get that deal? How he get that deal? Especially when they white, they get the deal. Now you're seeing all the black people getting the deals of Netflix and Fox. And and then you finally get a deal. And like I said, when I'm just letting everybody know who we're talking to, Dr. Holly Carter. You know, I, I first met her, uh, Steve Harvey and I was doing local radio in uh, in L.A., 92.3 to beat. And she brought Usher in that first time I met her. But what I met was a person who had energy, a person who respected the process, and a person who was a go-getter. You know, I don't know. She's one of those people who you meet, you go, you don't know how she's going to be successful, but you know, toe the line with her. Hang on to her because success is going to come away because hard work never ran from your vocabulary, did it? Does it, Holly? No, no. I believe in working hard. And, and I will also say I'm probably a bit of a micromanager only because... I like to make sure things are done well and I like to make sure things are followed up on. And Mm -hmm. so I get in the fray of the minutia just to make sure 
It's delivery. But you say that like that's a bad thing. You know, micromanage. Okay, let me tell you something. It's your career. It's your brand. You have the yeah. right to micromanage because like some people, here's the deal. If anybody knows Holly Carter, I was I used to this phrase there, 24 hours in the day, learn to take advantage of each hour. That's Holly Carter. Okay. So so when she goes to bed, she actually wakes up thinking about what she's gonna do. I always tell people that's the only way you're gonna wake up. That's the only way you can wake up. I don't understand people who go, I drug out of bed. Hey, hey, dude. That means you have you went to bed not even thinking about what you're gonna do when you get up. So what is a typical day, Holly, for you nowadays with this look, 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 I apologize. Let's go back, let's go back to the first ladies of gospel when that came out and all that. That love that you got and that I told you so, that that the many years of putting it together. Let's go back to that before I move forward in the conversation because that was special. I saw it, I swear, I swear to you, I saw it three times. Okay. Wow. I saw it because I, I got to interview the, the cast early, so I got to see it then. So I got to see it when it came on TV, and I got my wife and my family to see it again. Right? Because it was done so well, and it was a story about powerful women who have flaws, okay? And it was an honest story. And then, but how does a story like that come about? Because it was a story that told flaws. Because, you know, in the gospel community, one thing they do tend to hide is flaws. And this this movie was so receptive to me and millions of Americans because it was an honest story. Your conversation. Well, I, I think what was important for me was to tell the truth of their, you know, journey. You mm-hmm. said it well. They were women of faith. Um, they were uh, pushed by a very strong, passionate, um, and faithful mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, and they had a lot of love. Yes. At the same time, there um, certainly were areas of conflict, and because the conflict was so relatable mm-hmm. to national audiences. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be African-American. You don't have to be a woman mm-hmm. of faith. You understood where what was going on. You understood that the mom was trying to fight for her children. Mm-hmm. You understood that the mom was fighting against a national organization to stay kind of, you know, um, traditional mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not you know, uh, uh, expand out to other areas. And so you, you, these were all relatable issues that came up. And so I was able to tell of the conflict. I was able to tell, talk about family. I was able to talk about dreams and I was able to talk about faith. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. 
And now that's really, and you've always talked about faith, faith when you talk about the merge conferences. And that's why when there's a certain degree of authenticity, that's part of your brand. And so let's talk about those conferences and how it kind of like set the, I set the groundwork, I like to believe, for your for the model of how you do business today. Because you had standards. You, you hold me to those standards, Rashawn. You can't say that. And and, 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 but I would come there out of respect because of the fact that you had a voice and you were creating a voice that wasn't, you know, you know, you can make money in pop. You can make money in R&B. That gospel money kind of comes slow. You know, got to convince people to line up and participate. You know, sponsors don't exactly jump on board for you would think they would because it's all about feeling good. It's all about uplift, inspirational. You think they line up. But that laid the groundwork for your credibility and all this. And when you start lining up these gospel projects that you're involved in, but then it also allows you to cross over to non-secular projects. A lot of people aren't walking that line like you're doing it right now. Talk about the merge projects. Well, the merge was really um, uh, an idea God gave me over 12, oh, probably over 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I sat on it for a while because I felt like it was too big of an undertaking. But the whole idea of it was to be able to cross, you know, faith and secular or faith and the commercial sectors together mm-hmm. in an effort to merge opportunity. I wanted to bring opportunity to those who were sitting on the pews of the church right. who really wanted to connect with Hollywood, but didn't have access. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of that that idea has kind of you know spun into the rest of what I do. I always want to bring faith and entertainment mm-hmm. together, which mm-hmm. is why most of the projects that I do are aspirationally driven, mm-hmm. redemptive in nature, um, but at the same time entertaining. Well, very entertaining. And so when the number, because when the numbers came in on the first ladies of gospel, there's always expectation. First of all, you want people to watch it. Okay. That's the number one thing, you know. So when the numbers came in, the way they came in, what was the groundswell around you and the Clark sisters involvement? Um, It was a huge groundswell. I, you know, the, the excitement around it, the, the hype, the the fact that it touched so many people and the fact that it, um, you know, it was uh, widely watched Mm -hmm. and um, it just, it garnered so many other opportunities Mm -hmm. because it was like, you build it, they come. And when it was built and they came, others were like, oh, they come, come here, <laughs> let's do this together, you know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of what it was. Okay. They, all this excitement, you on fire. The world's on fire. The numbers in place, COVID hits. Lord have mercy. Nobody saw that coming. Shut us down. How did that impact you? And how did you deal from a family perspective and a professional perspective with COVID-19? Um, you just make the adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the whole pandemic has been an opportunity to reset, um, kind of to renew uh, and to return to some of the things that we might have moved away from. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly caused you to rethink um, how to do life, how to do family mm-hmm. and how to do business. And um 
you know, it is, it is requ- the, the word said it's required of a steward to be found faithful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I want to be found faithful in everything that presents itself. So that was just another challenge to say, you know, this is life. Now, how are you going to make the adjustment? Right. And while it was very, very difficult mm-hmm. for us as a, as a country, mm-hmm. as a, you know, as, as Americans, mm-hmm. There was also something very intentional about it in terms of returning us to our first love. Right. And wouldn't that be a say, you, you know, you have own specials, the holidays, we are Thanksgiving now, going into the Christmas holidays, and you have a holiday special coming up on OWN. Tell us how that got to that point and tell us about it. Uh, well, after the success of the Clark sisters, mm-hmm. um, that conversation happened at own. However, the conversation at own had happened a year prior, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the president was like, oh, this was already in my head because I remember sitting with her mm-hmm. and her words, her last words were, we're going to work together. And uh, after the Clark sisters happened, it was like, and now it's time. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's kind of how that came together. And then um, the two specials, the Our Own Christmas, which airs December 1st, mm-hmm. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern there Standard Time. And mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, Our Own Easter, which mm-hmm. airs Easter holiday, um, mm-hmm. you know, going into Easter. So um, it's been wonderful. Doing gospel at Own is has been all awesome because they – let me do what what we do. And wow. it's been a really great partnership. I mean, they're like, okay, you know this world, you go do it. Here are some of our notes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you Congratulations. Do it. Congratulations. Exactly okay, you're a big time producer. People come to you with projects. People got everybody got a good idea, a bad idea. Sometimes you gotta hear the bad ideas to get to the good ideas. What do I what do you look for when people are pitching you projects? <laughs> I look for things that are on brand with what I believe in and mm-hmm. what I want to put my name on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has to do with empowerment, uh, aspiration, mm-hmm. redemptive uh, mm-hmm. storytelling. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really specific. There are things that I just will not do. And right. then there are things that I'm like, yes, this is me. Mm-hmm. And what is what is that? OK, we, we've talked about the secular combining the secular and the gospel together. That's what Merge was all about. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're looking at a, you, 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 are you, are you, would you like to believe that you still have that perfect balance where you can be able to go either way and feel comfortable and still maintain credibility with your brand? Yes. As long as I'm intentional about, uh, when I go the other way, mm-hmm. but, but even when I go the other way, there <laughs> is still going to always have to be a, a line, uh, you know, a thread of what my beliefs are because mm-hmm. it, you know, I just couldn't do anything and then still stand by, you know, what has gotten me this far. And that, and that for me is um, compromise. Right. You mm-hmm. know, there are things that I am not willing to compromise mm-hmm. in order to achieve a certain thing. If I can't achieve it by being true to what I believe and mm-hmm. true to um, what I stand behind, then I, I don't do it. Well, the g- great thing about what you're doing is now you started out in casting, then you started out in talent management. Is that still on your horizon? 
curating uh, talent, developing well, talent, managing talent? Well, I still manage Kiera Shear. Mm -hmm. She's someone that's family to me. So I'll always be, I will always touch her career in some way. Mm -hmm. But in terms of other talent, I do talent partnerships. And those talent partnerships um, are strictly to curate content mm -hmm. around their brand and mm -hmm. create opportunities that, um, you know, further um, their brand in the marketplace, but, but day-to-day -day management. No, I don't do that. And I, I'm sure I won't be circling <laughs> back around. To that. I, I think you get a little closer. I understand that feeling, young lady. I understand that. Well, she has a first look deal with own two holiday specials, one appearing December 1st on own the next coming in Easter break. I want to bring you back in Easter. Holly, um, excuse me, Dr. Holly Carter. Uh, proud of you. You know, you Thank look fantastic. You. Uh, yeah. Just keep winning and uh, keep your brand. I'm going to keep supporting your brand and um, just watching you grow like this. And you know what really makes me feel good? Because I know how this business is one big hustle. And so you and, and for you to sit up and you tell me own say, hey, you do what you do. To me, I know how powerful it is. I know we fight for that ability to to have that level of trust at that network level. And own is a powerful network, my friend. And yeah. you know that. And so for somebody to tell you that, I can only say I'm so proud that you, I, I was able to hear those words. And you told me, Rashawn, I have a network over here, by the way, that's owned by Oprah. And they tell me, do what I do. And guess what? I'm going to keep doing it. And congratulations. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Right. Take care. Soon. My next guest, John Hope Bryant, is the founder, chairman, and chief executive officer of Operation Hope, Inc., a global nonprofit headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, birthed just under three dec decades ago in response to the despair and destruction of the 1992 Los Angeles riots. Inspiration starts at home. We should all understand that at such an early age. The fact that his mother told him she loved him every day ensured that he didn't have a self-esteem problem. The fact that his dad was a business owner for 54 years, gave him a real example of being an entrepreneur. So through him, he had a sense of this. Yes, I am. And yes, I can. John Holt's Bryant work has been recognized by five past U.S. presidents and has served as an advisor to three past sitting U.S. presidents. A mentor to many, Brian is dedicated to sharing his failures and successes in life and business to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs and world changers. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my friend, John Hope Bryant. Hey, hey, Rashawn. Honored to be with you, man. <laughs> Thanks for doing what you do. Well, thank you for getting on this call. So where are you at right now and what's at the top of the list in the middle of the pandemic for you? I am uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, which I believe is the moral center mm -hmm. uh, for America. It's the moral capital for America. It's where uh, we got our, it's where the Civil War was uh, concluded, the March to the Sea, the battle for the March to the Sea. Uh, it's where uh, civil rights uh, for black people were, was born with the, the civil rights movement. Uh, it's where the largest population of black wealth is today, uh, which uh, I think is the beginning of what I call the silver rights movement, S-I-L-V-E-R, a movement in the, in the suites about economics, power, ownership, and opportunity that matches the movement in the streets, mm -hmm. which was about basic decency and dignity, respect, and access. Uh, so I, I just think we're sitting in a moment in history, my man, well, but I, we don't, we don't see it for what it is at the moment. Well, you know, when you talk about uh, black wealth, you know, uh, Tulsa riots, I shouldn't say the riots, uh, the massacre when they had a black yeah. wall street in Tulsa and, um, yeah. 
and for blacks were being um, stopped from uh, achieving success financially, socially, and uh, being recognized for their intelligence, their ability to be entrepreneurs. And that's what we're fighting yeah. today. We, we're fighting uh, the message that we participate. How can we overcome the stigma that, you know, I want to have to say this, white America keeps trying to say black people don't participate. Well, we got to get our minds right, my man. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do your show. And one of the, one of the reasons I bought, I wrote the book, uh, it's now a bestseller that came out a little under a month ago called Up From Nothing, The Untold Story of How We All Succeed. It's all about mindset. So mm-hmm. let's go back from, let's go back to the Tulsa example you gave. You know, I get frustrated with people saying Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street, uh, because that's every street in white America. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing, you know, Tulsa, the, the community, which was a devastation, which was horrible, which was, which was humiliating, disgusting, uh, every negative thing you could think about what was done to us. But the aspiration that we achieved on that street, and it was just a couple, just a few blocks. It was a community, a local community. That should be every community in America. Not one little place in Oklahoma that we point to from a hundred years ago. The fact is that thirty percent of blacks of white families pass down wealth from generation to generation, and it's and wealth creation has become a habit with our mainstream Caucasian friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the differentiation between making money and building wealth is everything. You know, making money you do from nine to five, building wealth is what you do from nine to five, at 9 p.m. to 5 p.m. meeting. So you hustle, you, 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 you earn your living from nine to five. Mm-hmm. You may have a part-time hustle from five to nine, but you actually build wealth in your sleep. <laughs> right. From, from nine to five, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. It's stocks, it's bonds, it's, it's business investment, it's entrepreneurship, it's education because it compounds in your sleep. It's compounding, it's rental income. You build wealth in your sleep. No one ever taught us this. We're, we're, we, as you already know, we are brilliant. When the rules are published in the playing field is level, we succeed. But it's what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us, but we think we know. And Ambassador Andrew Young, who was on that balcony with Dr. King when he was assassinated, my mentor and friend, said to live in a system of free enterprise and not to understand the rules of free enterprise just must be the very definition of slavery. Wow. Let me let me ask you this, John. Again, thank you for coming on the show to discuss what we're talking about is uh, black entrepreneurs, black recognition, being being saying that we are we're good citizens. We we pay taxes. We want the same thing you want, you know, to live in an environment where we can be safe, come home and nobody's broken in our homes. And it seems that that message doesn't get resonate enough because it keeps being blindsided. But I'm going to go back a little bit. In 1990, I moved to Los Angeles from New York. In 1992, mm. I was actually living in um, L.A. I was uh, yeah. doing a morning show on uh, Stephen Wonder's radio station on KGLA. Oh, yeah. KGLA. Rob <laughs> McGrew, my dear, my, my best friend, Rob McGrew. That's what we were doing. First, afternoon first drive. Manager that's Come on. That's my that's man. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so I got to drive down Crenshaw when it all was going down. And uh, that's yeah. where I first uh, encountered black people with either fear or trying to save their business started saying, uh, uh, this is a black owned business. This is a black owned business. Yeah. This is the black owned business. Now that's 1982. We had a vivid video of a black man being beat several times by several police officers. Yeah. And then 2020, we see a black man, eight minutes being strangled to death yeah. on video, same video. Yeah. 
what I say that the the the, the city of um, Los Angeles was set on fire. The country, like whoa, yeah. military was sent in to shut it down. What do you think is making a difference today? Because white people didn't participate in any civil change, but now you see white people participating in civil change, and change can only happen if everybody recognizes there is a problem. Yeah. So you've you've unpacked, as I would expect from from a a, a high frequency thinker like you, you've unpacked you know a eight hundred umbrella and a huge question, um, and I'll try to answer it succinctly. There's a question within a question within a question. Right. Uh, so in my in my book, I talk about so life is ten percent what life does to you, and ninety percent how you choose to respond to it. I put that in my book about leadership. So what's your response going to be? So let's just go back for a minute to the trauma, because we've been traumatized. We've been uh, we've been abused uh, in this country as, as African-Americans. But my Jewish friends were, as an example, were also likewise not only abused. They, there was attempted extermination. A third of them were targeted for extermination by Hitler. But so but they went into that, that battle with different tools than we had. They came out of that battle with different tools than we had. They decided to fight that battle with ownership, capitalism, economics, uh, in fact, they were not allowed to own land in Europe. Jews weren't. So they created finance. <laughs> so they could finance the land and create portable wealth. Literally, finance is portable wealth. And they went into that battle with five, what I call five pillars of success. As much education as you can shove down your throat. Understanding the math, economics, ownership, uh, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, all the things you, you talk about. Mm-hmm. Family structure and resiliency, mm-hmm. self-esteem and confidence. As you know, those two things are different. Self-esteem is how you esteem yourself. Confidence is how you take your confidence and lean it into the world in role modeling and environment, right? So they had those things tight going in, and they, and, and they had them tight coming out. But they decided to fight because they're, Jews today are being stabbed and murdered and, and lynched around the world. But they decided to fight their fight with economics, ownership, and opportunity in a, in, a, in, a, in my opinion, uh, in an economic world. So that was the right response. Uh, and they've, and they've demanded not, you know, even a, <laughs> respect, you can say earned it, whatever we've all earned respect. They demanded respect. Right. You, you had poor whites who came here from Britain, uh, who came here at the same time as we did as indentured servants. Um, uh, and they're still poor today. No one taught them to be industrious, but they had the benefit of being white. The word white was a made up word. Literally, the European royal class, no no one made this word up but us in America in a way to differentiate in the early 1600s poor whites from their poor black brothers and sisters so they wouldn't collaborate together. We don't have time for that story. We'll put that aside for a minute. So African-Americans who, as you know, came here as geniuses of the land. That's why we were brought here from Africa, because we were agricultural geniuses. We could plant, seed, soil, and grow uh, crops anywhere in the world. So we weren't dummies. We were geniuses. But when they got, we got here, they dumbed us down. They stripped us of that self-esteem and that confidence. They demanded us. They, they demanded. They, they denied us the education. The, the Freedmen's Bank of 1865 that Abraham Lincoln created to teach free slaves about money after the Civil War. He was killed the next month. The bank fell into disrepair, even though Frederick Douglass tried to run it. People don't even know, uh, Rushant, that, that, that Frederick Douglass was a businessman, that he owned real estate in Baltimore, Maryland. They just think he was an abolitionist. Right. Um, and, he, and he put $10,000 of his own money in that bank. But that bank failed. So no one taught us financial literacy. 
no one, uh, our family structure was de- was destroyed. Our resiliency as a result of that was denied, uh, or shall I say, it was never built. Self-esteem in the toilet. Ro- confidence came from the wrong sort of things, which were things that bling, things that shine. Right. Uh, and, and role models were, were, you know, okay, let's look at our role models. The two areas we succeeded, and I'll shut up here, were really at scale the arts. You know, you work with Steve Harvey, the, who's, a, who's also a friend. The arts and professional sports. Why? The rules were published and the playing field was leveled. So we killed it because the rules were published and the playing field was leveled. Capitalism, which is 99%, 99.9% of the GDP of this country and the world that's left over, Nobody ever taught us that game. So you combine the five pillars we didn't get with the game that we don't understand, and you end up in a situation that you find we find ourselves in, where a hundred percent of these in place black murders by police and unfortunate shootings were in five hundred credit score neighborhoods. We have a check catcher next to a payday loan lender, next to a rent to own store, next to a title lender, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop. It's next a game. To a motel. It, 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 don't throw it in there. Don't next forget to a, And there's a church down the street trying mm-hmm. to make you feel a little bit better once a week. I call that an unofficial psychologist because we won't admit that we cray cray. We won't go get real help. And, and I think that if you're black today, before COVID-19, 70% of us would be clinically undiagnosed depressed for good reason. So what? It, so COVID just, just sort of took, it either made you more resilient and you doubled down on the right mentality. I call it a winning mentality. We, you have that. You got a winning mentality, and you got a hunter's role. You, Roshan, you got that, and that's why you. That's why you continue to succeed. But most of our people have a surviving mentality, and an and and an observer, a spectator's role. That's the problem. Our, we've got to get our heads back in the game. We got to. As Malcolm X said, "We've been bamboozled. We've been tricked. We've been fooled." Right. A hoodwink. Come on now. <laughs> hoodwink. So that's why that's why I'm all about financial literacy at scale. Uh, black ownership of businesses as a way to, to social justice at scale. Right. I'm, I'm all. I'm up. Yeah. Go ahead. So let me ask you this, John. You know, because what you're saying is absolutely correct. And what I wanted to get uh, the additional response to you was that we had a video in 92 of Rodney King. And then we have the video of 2020 of George Floyd. George um, Floyd, yeah. The, the nation re- saw the same video in 92. Yep. L.A. burned yep. down. Uh, yep. the, the Bush sent in the military to shut down the situation. And then yep. move forward in 2020, people are, white people are reacting differently. Was it COVID being shut down, being the sin of being able to talk amongst each other or society has become more interracial now? They're willing to be able to communicate honestly about the flaws of America. What made this movement different? It, it's uh, fear. I'm it, having it's trouble. Fear, it, it's fear in I'll your own house. What I mean by that is, uh, and by the way, there are a lot of uh, what I call, you know, very, very good uh, Caucasian collaborators and supporters out there that we should give them credit for. I mean, they, they partnered with the urban league. That was when they, the urban league was created through blacks and whites, the uh, responsible whites partnered with the, uh, in the creation of the NAACP, uh, responsible whites partnered in with blacks in, in the creation of operation hope and so many other organizations. So I want to make sure just sure that, 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 that statement is out there. 
that this is not a white versus black conversation. But your question, once again, is very uh, insightful. And the answer is that they understand we're at the we're at the end of kicking this can down the road. That it's now going to hurt them if we don't we don't solve this. That in Europe you had the European families taken over when wealth got to one or two percent of concentration of all wealth. That's not sustainable. And they we, and so we before COVID, before the economic crisis, and before the 400 year old social justice reckoning uh, in 2020, you had this this widening of the wealth and income inequality gap. But you know it was it was five percent, it was ten percent, fifteen percent. But we now realize that every hundred years you have you have a, a reset in this country. So you had the independence from Britain in seven, sort of circa 1760 to circa 1770. Uh, let's be fair, 1765, 1775. Then you had the civil rights movement, circa six, eight, you know, hundred years later, right. uh, 16, uh, 16 uh, sorry, let's go, sorry, the, sorry, the civil war, my bad, 1865, 18, so 1855, 1865. Then you had the civil rights movement, the 60s, 1960s. Every hundred years. This one is early. This was early by 30 years. Everybody realized that the moment is pregnant. And what the question is, what are we going to give birth to? Is it chaos, to, to quote Dr. King, or is it community? His last book, where do we go from here? So anybody who's thinking right now, anybody who's thoughtful, anybody who has wealth and wants to keep it, Anybody who wants democracy and wants to sustain it is looking at a society that's coming across, coming coming apart at the seams because hope is not equally distributed to all of God's children. We're not keeping the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, not even not not even by a liberal definition of that. It's not sustainable. So my I tell my rich friends, my rich friends need my poor friends to do better if only to stay rich. Thank so you. there's not there's not enough police to save you. If police have, I'm sorry, if people have lost hope. So I think that is the short answer is that everybody understands that, that, that you can take no pleasure from the fact that the hole in my, my end of our boat. Right. Cause we're all going to sink. I love it. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and is lower $99 a month. No long-term contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I'm talking to John Hope Bryant, founder, chairman, chief executive officer of Operation Hope Incorporated. He came on the show to talk about 1 million new black businesses, a campaign. Tell us about it, John. Yeah, so you got to have a solution that's bigger than the problems that we face. The Bible says, well, there is no vision, the people perish. 
you've got to have a solution bigger than the problems that we face. And so I drafted this thing called a new Marshall Plan, which people can go online and download. Uh, that's my vision for the resetting of this country. And to your point of what you preach on the show, it's about a hand up strategy, not a hand out strategy. It's about recognizing black folks as untapped GDP, gross domestic product. That discrimination, racism against blacks has cost this country $16 trillion with a T in lost GDP in the last 20 years. Citigroup report of two weeks ago. It also showed that if they just knocked it off right now, the country would gain another $5 trillion of GDP over the next five years. That's enough to pay off the <clears throat> CARE Act COVID-19 stimulus money for the whole country. So I'm looking at this, this challenge through an economic lens. I think that's the right lens to solve it, to get everybody on deck. And so if you have 3 million, just under 3 million black businesses in America, but 96% of them don't have an employee, pause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want people to think about that, all right? How could you get the CARE Act money, the PPP money, which was designed for employers who have employees with overhead? If you're working from home with no employees, you miss that boat altogether. It, it, it struck me that we have no books and records. We've got no business manager. We've got no accountant, no CPA. We've got no proper banker. I don't mean the teller at the, the, at the local bank branch. I mean a private banker who knows who you are and, and curates your involvement. Yeah, welcomes you into the bank the front of the, that you can call on your cell phone, okay? <laughs> there you go, there you go. We, we don't, we, we're, not, we, we're not building wealth. We're on a treadmill trying to get paid, getting paid, getting some money, getting some paper. All that's these phrases that we use is winning the battle and losing the war. We need to be about building wealth. You can't build wealth without compounding. You can't compound without uh, something other than you. In this case, employees, technology, infrastructure, systems. So I decided to not just complain about it, but try to do something about it. So we partnered together with Shopify the second largest e-commerce retailer in the world, the largest company in Canada. And they committed $127 million at our Hope Global Forum last week, $127 million over 10 years to help Operation Hope stand up 1 million new black businesses. So people, people can go to 1MBB, operate, they, can type, they can type in the computer 1MBB, it's searchable now, or go to hope1mbb.org or operationhope.org, and right now, step into the new reality of business ownership for themselves and their children and their children's children, the creation of wealth. I'm going to get into what that all this means, but that's the backstory of what we're doing. And, we're, and, and Shopify is not the only company involved. They just made that first major commitment. We're doing wraparound services which include accountants who are giving us time bank commitments of two hours per businesses. We know Lawyers, it's really interesting that you're saying this because I remember in 92, I opened my comedy club. I just opened it, John. Okay. I didn't have an yeah. accountant in place. I didn't understand by human resources. I didn't even have job yeah. applications and I was hiring people. Okay. I had yeah. no system in place. And that's what you're talking about as far as being an entrepreneur. You have to document that you're an entrepreneur in order to be recognized as an entrepreneur. In, in order to get loans, you have to have separate bank accounts. 
In other words, if you have a personal bank account, you should need to open up a business bank account. This is how you become recognized as a business person. And I use that 92 as an example because just like you, I'm willing to tell people how I've made mistakes in order to tell people how I've recovered from those mistakes that I made. Nobody's perfect as a as an entrepreneur. I don't care who you talk to. You talk to Bill Gates, you can talk to Warren Buffett. They've all made miscalculations on stock or miscalculations on business decisions. But we have to understand yeah. that that happens, but you also have to understand that you have to have the infra- infrastructure in place in order to be respected, in order to be recognized as an actual business. And that's where black people in general get frustrated and they're quick to call racism because they're not given the same opportunity, but they're also not given the same opportunity because they don't have the right plan in place. And that's what you're talking now about. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So, so is racism real? And this is, again, this is what I go, I go through deep in my book, Up From Nothing, is it's a certain degree we're shooting ourselves in the foot now. Racism is absolutely real. Racism is like rain. It's either falling someplace or gathering. Okay? Right. Might as well get an umbrella in the color you like. And start strolling through it because it's not going to change what you but so you must but why does our nigerian black friends come here and kill it in three years why do our uh, ethiopian black friends or our you know jamaican black friends come here they're blacker than us mm-hmm. <laughs> right they come here and they and they in three years they own the whatever the little you know three three uh, three uber cars they own a little or, shop or, whatever or get a reputation as a as a hard worker a person who's willing to hold yeah. down fifteen jobs and that's what you were talking about earlier nine to five Mindset. five to nine nine to nine. 24 hours that's a day right. learn how to use each hour and that's where black people are not being being uh, not taking that mantle of accepting that, you know, we're willing to work hard to achieve our dreams. Where the mantle in the streets is that black people are lazy. Black people are always looking for handouts. Where when you say, when you talk about Africans or you talk about Jamaican from the Caribbean or all these other people who look like us tend to come over here and accept. They accept criticism. They walk through that. You can criticize me. That's not going to stop me from my dreams. And that's all you're saying right now is that we have to change the mindset and also be willing to say, that's not me. Let me show you who I am. That's right. Wow. John, come on, man. Keep talking. You're preaching that. Not one ounce ounce of my self-worth or self-esteem depends on your acceptance of me. That's Quincy Jones. It's, It's not what people call you. It's what you answer to that's important. Never, ever answer out of your name. That's Dr. That's uh, Dr. Cecil Chip Murray, First AV Church in Los Angeles. Uh, it, 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 life is not what life does to you; is how you respond to it. That's me. Uh, I take no for vitamins. <laughs> okay, that's me. <laughs> you know, and, and, an entrepreneur works eighteen hours a day to keep him getting a job. That's me. You know, uh, you know, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That's me. The point is that you've got to have the right mental. Uh, uh, recruitment and right. mental acuity and mental and mental stamina and mental uh, and mental atti- att- att- uh, attunement. Mm-hmm. You've got to be tuned to succeed. So this in <laughs> the book, I talk I talk about this this uh, I make the story real quick. But this guy Mike Maples, I was saying you know he's one of the top ten venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. And man, how, tell me about your story. Oh, nothing. He said it's just a normal story. I said I didn't ask you that. Tell me your story. He said, well, my dad, you know, worked at Microsoft. What did he do? Oh, he worked with Bill Gates. Okay, everybody worked with Bill Gates, technically. What did your dad do? So it gets around to the short version of the story. He was number three at Microsoft under Bill Gates. He's the president of products. So he's a big deal in Microsoft. So he's at home, and he started a video game business at 13. At 16, he was fairly successful. So he goes to his dad, and he says this. Hey, dad, 
I think about selling this company to Disney. Now, uh, you and me, if we had a child or even a 50-year-old cousin who said that, we would be, uh, Rashawn, we would be applauding them, right? Right. We're going to, okay, they started this business. Gonna, they got the audacity to say they're going to sell it to Disney. So you and I are in agreement. We'd be applauding that, correct? Right. Okay. The father said, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> the father told Mike Mangles Jr., I'm ashamed of you. We don't think like that in our household. And little Mike was, well, what do you mean, Dad? He said, young man, in our household, we don't, we don't follow the agenda. We set it. You're not going to use your company to be, to, to, to be sold to Disney. You're going to use your company to buy Disney. <laughs> mentality. Now, now, the mental now, shift. Now, Rashawn, now, now, it doesn't matter whether the kid was going to buy Disney or not. It's, it's irrelevant. The point is that now the kid thinks he can buy Disney. Yes. Yes. So the kid, so, so the kid grew up to be somebody who, who, who is now one of the top 10 venture capitalists in Silicon Valley who's financing everybody else's dreams of people who believe they can buy Disney or build Disney. My point is we've got to get our head. We, we've, been, we've been sucker punched, man, as a group of people. We are brilliant. We are amazing. Again, look at the arts and look at sports where we have that confidence, that self-esteem, where we got all the tools, right? We kill it. We've we been killing it in F1 racing now. I mean, what? Uh, NASCAR, F1 racing, tennis. I mean, we all in golf. Uh, but, but no one stopped to give us the rules of the game and you're trying to unpack that I'm doing with the book Up From Nothing, the work of Operation Hope, the financial coaching sessions in 25 states of Operation Hope, the, the work of One Million Black Business Initiative, the thought leadership of the, of the new Marshall Plan. I believe this is the third reconstruction right now. Two things before, I, before we wrap up here. Uh, one, I want to make a, a statement about how can people participate in the One MBB? Because you can search it. It's, it's, you can go on Google, just type it in. But I want to make a statement about when you said, his dad said, look, son, you should want to buy Disney. Because you look at YouTube when they sold. They thought they were selling for a lot of money. But then you look at what YouTube yeah. is now. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. They, when they look back, they go, wow, okay. Why did I sell that? Right. Okay. And, and, and you can even go to to the, the selling of BET. That was a lot of money. But when you look at what it what when you look at what what the infrastructure of content, the infrastructure of streaming, how people are or how black content is resonating nationwide, the value of BET is phenomenal. Okay, so yeah. what he's saying makes sense. You can short, you can, you're just short selling your dream for a quick check. That check might have millions attached to it, a billions attached to it. But son or young lady, look at the future. When when uh, Bob Iger bought Marvel, I didn't I didn't see why he bought Marvel. Now, look at Marvel now, the biggest mm -hmm. franchise. It's a universe. Now DC is trying to implement. You know, trying to trying to copy, I should say, what Marvel has accomplished with that franchise. So it's the visionary yep. part that we are lacking in the black community. We have to become visionaries, not just visionary in the church, because we got that locked. We got the we got the Bible yeah. on lock. But from a business yeah. perspective, we don't have that on lock because we tend to pray too much and we tend to hope for opportunity instead of creating change. That's what you're talking about with your whole platform. Correct, John? Well, I want us to continue to pray, but I want us also to be Dr. Dr. Dorothy Hyde said, you need to be a dreamer with a shovel in your hand. 
And we've got to be as, as, as expert in the suites as we are in the streets. I mean, we're expert at protesting and marching, but that doesn't pay a bill. Right. Uh, being angry at your neighbor doesn't make you any wealthier. You've right. got to move from the streets to the suites. So three years ago, we, we don't, we run out of time. I know three years ago, maybe I'll come back to your show. Three years ago, well, you got to first of all, John, John, you got to come back because I knew nothing about the book. They, this interview was set up to talk about the one MBB. So I want because yeah. end of the year we're in November right now, so I want to bring back in December because I read every book that comes to me, and I'll be I'll be buying your book to read it because I think that's a great book for us to use to launch launch a program of what twenty twenty one should feel, be like for young entrepreneurs. But continue your thought. Yeah, so I'll be happy to come back. But the the, the three years ago. Uh, I decided for those who still didn't think that what I was saying applies to them. They, oh, John, you did that in the nonprofit sector. So, yeah, but I was an entrepreneur before I did. Okay, never mind. Let me just show you. Three years ago, I went and created a real estate company, had no assets, zero. Today, it's the largest minority controlled institutional quality owner of single family rental homes in America called the Promise Homes Company. I own $110 million worth of real estate. I didn't say 110000 110 million in three years with 5% of my time, because I spend most of my time on this, 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 this pain in the rear end operation, hope nonprofit, which I love. Uh, but I spend most of my time in the community. I, I built a $110 million portfolio in three years, part time of 700 rental homes. And I'm renting it out to my people at, you know, affordable housing rates, $1,200 a month in rent. I'm building that. The point is, what if everybody in this, who's listening to your audio uh, podcast, who's, who watch your, your videos, what if they decided to buy three homes over the next three years? One to rent, one to live in, two to buy, rehab, and rent, buy, rehab, and hold, because they aren't growing any more land. Well, I first bought these homes, they're worth $80 million. Then they're worth $90 million. Then ninety, I didn't do anything special. Ninety-five million, hundred million. Then now one hundred ten million. If I keep holding it, compounding interest, it's paying for itself. They're paying for themselves with rental income. The longer I hold it, the, the longer I keep from cashing out, trying to floss. The more wealth I create. So, uh, and the more wealth I create, the more contracts I can give to black. Forty-four percent of of my uh, vendors are black. So, right. so landscapers, roofers, right. uh, lighting companies, uh, painting companies. Uh, uh, I, I mean, the, so the bigger I grow the portfolio, the more homes I buy, the more living wage jobs I can provide, the more contracts I can let to black old businesses, the more wealth you create. Absolutely. How can one participate in the one MBB program, John? They go to, they start by saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> you go to Operation Hope. Put that on the mirror. Put that mantra on your mirror. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because you got to start somewhere. And you have to believe that's, that's right. why you want to do it. Because a lot of people don't understand the amount of work that's tied. I always tell people, a 40-hour week job is just preparation for you to be an entrepreneur. So stop complaining right. about what a person is asking you to do 40 hours a week. Master it. And once you master it, then you can become an entrepreneur because you understand how to do business. And one, you understand what it means to be a professional. Yep, and understand that nothing good comes easy. So there's going to be very tough days. You want to do this thing we're talking about here? Understand that love is work, non-love is laziness, and anti-love is evil. Evil exists, but it's very rare. Most people just don't want to do the work. So once you decide that you're willing to do the work of raising a child, of, of being responsible in the job and the business, uh, owning your own business, whatever it is, being spiritually fit, whatever you're thinking, it takes work, then call us. 
We'll put you into. We'll make an investment in you when you make, when you make an investment in yourself. We're gonna make it. Uh, we'll wow. make an investment in you. Uh, the investment that per business is equal to about twenty five thousand dollars that we're investing in. So we're gonna give you free free seven hundred credit score counsel, free uh, whole business in the box training to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner, free small business builder training, free coach financial coaching, free access to your credit score. Then you graduate from that program. Then Shopify is going to give you a free domain name search, free website securing, free website storefront, free uh, payment systems from Shopify, uh, free fulfillment systems, help with, with, with shipping systems. Get this one. You make your first sale. They'll give you a credit line wow. against the first sale. Wow. Yeah, it's serious. And, we're, and we, now we've got these professionals, these accountants and bankers and lawyers who are going to give you wraparound services. Somebody said to me, what's the hitch? What's the catch? I don't get it. It's real simple. We've sold these companies on the vision that black folks are better than a consumer. We are a trillion dollar consumer spending force. You know these numbers better than most. But why aren't we a $10 trillion economic ownership force? When you own that kind of wealth, you spend money, you, you're a vendor. You, so versus an accountant giving you free services in two years, you'll be hiring that accountant, hiring that banker, hiring that insurance professional, and paying Shopify versus them giving you a hookup. So we, I've, I've sold these companies, and I'm going to sell more, that we are a good investment, not a handout factory. So you step into your dream, and if two years you're successful, you'll be paying for the very services that you're being vested with for free right now. That's my bet. That's my investment in you. And it's, access, it's open to everybody in this country who wants to step in the dream and be a business owner. 1MBB. Hope1MBB.org. Awesome. John, uh, my studio, uh, you know, I'm based in Atlanta. So when you come back in December, right. I want to invite you down to my studio. It's being built out right now. Sure. Completed in two weeks. Be all video. Honor. Me and you, man. Two big head dudes trying to change the world. That's us, man. Me and you. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. And thank you. And again, we'll be coming back. We're going to discuss that book. So I'm going to get the book. I'll be ready for that. And then we're going to talk out in detail how to be part and change your life for 2021. It's just perfect timing. Fourth quarter is when you start changing your life. We're going to set, it, set the record straight in December when you come back with a live broadcast of you talking about all this program. And we can invite anybody else you want to be on the show. COVID safe. Everything I do at my building is COVID friendly and COVID safe from COVID safe friendly from the standpoint of you walk away feeling I'm comfortable sure. about the environment that you I'm walk sure. into. Again, be safe, yeah. my man, John Hope Bryant. Thank you for coming on the show. Money making conversations. Peace and light. God bless you. Thanks Talk for soon. All you do. All righty. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits? A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case. 
For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is The Black Man Project. The Black Man Project founders are a filmmaker, Brian Ellison, a sculptor, Anthony Suber, and anthropologist, Marlon Hall. They travel the nation archiving the stories Black men tell of masks and life's meaning. They're rooted in creating safe spaces for healthy conversations while exploring the many nuances that affect men of color. The need of, of these conversations and this project, it is something that has gone for so long uh, unnoticed. You know, a lot of us are, you know, suffering day to day. And a lot of times, you know, we're moving without actually going anywhere. And so we're spinning our wheels in essence when we, we need to tap into that, that inner self and be able to reflect and be emotionally healthy, really. Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Jilly Moore. She is a musician, actor, dancer, model, fitness guru, that scares me, and influencer. Jilly released her I Release book, which means it's, you know, the social media, digital, all that good stuff. Her cookbook and lookbook, which is, you know, when I, when I read that, I thought it was so fascinating. I never, that is so millennial, so, so, so fresh. The Boss Baking Cookbook. The Boss Bake King Cookbook on November 21st. The cookbook doubles as a lookbook. It has 45 different recipes and 45 different pictures and looks. Plus, she's a social media influencer and has over half a million YouTube subscribers. We'll be talking about the cookbook, upcoming music projects. She can sing. I already said that. She can dance. I already said that. She can act. I already said that. And being the CEO of her own company. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm going to call her my friend, Jilly Moore. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm a Houston. I'm a Houston. I'm born and raised in Houston. Okay, what part of Houston are you living in right now? Are you in Here's LA? It. Well, uh, okay, so I am actually, I currently live in Los Angeles, California. Okay, born okay, and well, raised in that's Houston. That's the baller move. That's the baller conversation. You yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's do it right, Jill. Let's do it right now. You're, you Pearland. You know, I know about Pearland. I go Pearland. out there. Yes, great I am. barbecue born out of Pearland. Okay, great. That's part of Houston. Paraland, one of the fastest growing subdivisions, all Smith cities in the Houston market. That's where she's right. at. Okay. But she's balling it out in Los Angeles. That's where the career moves are happening. It's not happening in Houston. I'm not living in Houston either. I live in Houston. I got a home there, but I live in Atlanta. I've lived in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Now, where do you live in the area? Don't want, to, don't want no, no, no stalkers to find out about you. What area of Los Angeles are you residing in, Jill? Glendale. Glendale, okay. I am, yeah. I'm not. I'm not there right now. I actually just got back. Um, I always come for the games here in Houston, but um. Now we said I, we wasn't going. The seat right. You blew it already. I said this interview. We weren't going to say nothing about that quarterback <laughs> bar friend of yours. But up out your mouth. I always come back for the game. Why are you gonna do me like that? This is about you, Jilly. I'm letting you know the only reason why my dad keeps popping up in the background is because I have business to handle with my book today. So I'm at my parents' house right now. So it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. So I'm explaining to you why I'm not currently in Glendale, California. Okay, cool. Now it's been a big shutdown. You know, the COVID hit everybody. And um uh, and so how did that how does that affect you? Because you 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 know social media, YouTube subscribers, you uh obviously a lot a lot of live productions you're participating in in 2020 but they all went away. How did that impact you? You know, by the grace of God, I think um, it kind of motivated me. I don't think it impacted me um, 
you know, as much as it did impact some people. But mm -hmm. of course, some projects were put on a little bit more of a slow or back burner, but it uh, it gave room for other projects to grow and expand. Right. So mm -hmm. honestly, in the midst of it, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me. I got to spend a lot more undivided time with my family and my loved ones and mm -hmm. I became an author during 2020. So, I mean, 2020 treated me pretty well. Uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, I, I kind of say the same thing. When it when it hit in March, I'm going to just tell you, Jilly, it, you know, I, I didn't know how to react to it. You know, they're talking about because nobody knew about COVID-19. And I don't think anybody still knows about it. The fact that they have a vaccine coming, we're all happy about that. I right. went around with the Home Depot. The first time I went out, I had my gloves. I had my Pirelli. Uh, I didn't even have a mask at the time. I had like a ski mask. I kind of like pulled right, up over right. my face. You know what I'm <laughs> and so I came out of Home Depot. I didn't know if I should touch the door. I didn't know when to put the hands out. It was really it was a right. confusing time for me. How did you? How did it play out for you? Are Are you comfortable now? Did you develop a line of how you can participate in everyday life? How did that lay out for you, Jilly? I mean, I've always been kind of like a germaphobe and a germ freak. So mm -hmm. that kind of really only enhanced it. But I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to, you can't just be afraid of life. You can't be afraid of living. You know, I know at one point traveling was really, really scary, you know, going on planes and especially being in a tube where there you can't just let the window down or anything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't just be, you know, scared. You can't let COVID completely just stop you. You just right. can't. But right. I mean, don't get me wrong. My precautions are on a whole nother level. I am definitely, I have probably the four hand sanitizers in my purse right now. <laughs> I have, I carry my mask. I have two mask in my purse mm -hmm. two in the car mm -hmm. you won't catch me like without it you know that's just first and foremost really uh because i just i, I went to la uh a week ago that was my first time okay. officially flying since the oh, COVID since hit. COVID. Oh yeah, and so you know, uh, you know, so so I got on the plane. You know, had my mask. I had like I had like like four disposable masks. I mm -hmm. had a mask when I went through uh, you know TSA. Then I had a mask I used on the plane. Threw those away when I landed, right? And mm -hmm. then I had my other disposable mask. Pulled that bad boy out. So I went around L.A. all day. I, I was in and out in L.A. And then I got back on the plane. Put my travel mask on, threw that bad boy away because I, I, I like safe and sorry, you know. I, and I will tell you this is that I was very comfortable. Just telling everybody, I know there's a big crisis right now, telling people not to travel, not to travel, not to travel. But I do believe, and I have to say this, that we have to learn to live with this crisis and we can't Absolutely. shut down our lives. And you know, of course, being precaution, like even when I am on the plane, I for sure, I take a few of my wipes, that my is. sanitizer wipes, I wipe down, I'm not playing, I wipe down the armrest, a little button to recline the thing. I wipe down the front just in case somebody had like sneeze on the TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wipe that down, I wipe down the little window slides where you pull it up and down, I'm not playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely, like I said, precaution is a little bit more up there, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not playing. Now, here's the, the fun thing about you, Jilly. You come, you have a sense of person, of personality. You, you, you are sitcoms in your future because I see the word acting. I see <laughs> drama because you're funny now. You, you have a, you have a sense of person. You have a personality that that, that pops off the screen. Because you know, you, know, you know Kevin edge. Hart. Hit him up for me. No, I'm just kidding. Because mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. you have an edge, which which is a good edge because when you're talking, you can be serious, but they come across as humorous. Because when we talk, I wipe out everything, the button, side button, the look, the look, little TV in front of you and all that. So what is the acting? What is the acting plan for you? You know, um, in acting, 
I think right now, especially with COVID, a lot of things kind of not only got pushed back, but you have to realize with acting, it's a lot of physical contact. It's a lot of, you know, like in your face. And that's one thing (laughs) that prior to all of this, I was really comfortable with. If I had to do like a scene of any sort or play that boyfriend, girlfriend role, I was very comfortable with. Now I'm like, I'm not so sure. (laughs) So like, you know, my music pushing that, this cookbook pushing that. I don't know if I want to be lovey-dovey in a scene right now with somebody because I don't know who you're going home to. Right there. That's right there. Funny. See, right there. You are funny. You crazy, girl. You funny. So let's go over to the cookbooks. You know, there was something that popped out in COVID 2020. You didn't have plans on cooking a cook, doing a cookbook in 2020, but you had time on your hands. Now, I'm the first, you know, because people always look at me. I'm I'm an award winning baker. And everybody, people look at me. You, you bake, Rashawn? You can bake. They always question me. They always question whether or not I can bake. Okay. And if I think it's good, just go to my social media. You know, I, I have to tell my story. I get you hungry when you go to my social media. Now, me a little Miss Fitness Guru, little Miss Six Pack, little Miss, you know, do it busy, me a little Miss YouTube subscriber, little Miss Social Media Influencer. Then you're going to drop a lookbook, cookbook. Let's just stick with the cookbook because you got the lookbook part down. There ain't nobody going to argue about that. The lookbook you got. Let's go over to the cookbook side. Talk to me now, Jilly. You my girl. So with the cookbook, um, I mean, cooking has really just always been in my family. Mm-hmm. I am of Creole descent. My okay. All my family is from Louisiana. Okay, um, my Creole brother, descent, m- huh? me, and my mom are the only ones who are actually originally from Houston, born and raised. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it's always been my family. Growing up for the holidays, we had more food than people. Right. We literally mm-hmm. had triple the amount of food. Right. Um, my grandmother was always in the kitchen as well as my mom, even with my dad. My dad has his fair share He's a really a baker. Right. My dad is a fire baker, but he's even got into real <laughs> like you, like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got into like his oxtails and you know, just making different stuff. And so I just grew up in a family of chefs and you know, really home chefs. And right. um oh, over quarantine, I would cook a lot, like cook a lot. Did you, gain weight? did you gain weight meals. during quarantine? I did. I gained like 10 pounds. I, I've lost No, it. I actually but, did not mm-hmm. gain weight in quarantine. No. Mm-hmm. So you will too. Um, Thank I you, I think Michelle. too is just like, mm-hmm. of course, a mixture of working out. And then I, even though like these meals, I think it's all in pro- uh, like proportion of what you eat as well. So I can eat all this stuff, but granted, I'm not eating like three refilled plates, you know, but I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of exactly, I'm not, but at the beginning of quarantine, um, I just started cooking and like playing with food. I would make booty and stuff, chicken. I would make, um, re- uh, shrimp ravioli, just stuff that okay, was just okay, stop right there. Stop right there. <laughs> booty. See, oh, you gonna get me mad. Either you gonna get me mad. Cause I can't get near you. Okay. Cause boudin. See, you, you just can't throw out the word boudin. Oh, and see, the crazy thing is people don't even know what boudin is. People don't know about gumbo and people don't know about this stuff. So it's really amazing to like, you know, bring people into my culture, my heritage. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the boudin now. The boudin now. See, boudin. I do I do dirty rice. Okay, I know about boudin. Like, so, you know, I'm from the country a little bit. My parents used to, they used to kill a hog, bring a hog home. Oh, yeah. they left that <laughs> my grandmother there. used to tell me about <laughs> those too. Yeah. <laughs> they left that hog when it, when black <laughs> people go around a hog, a hog really should just start crying because everything <laughs> is edible. Everything is edible around a hog. So talk about you putting together this boudin. What is the process? 
You know, okay, so for my Buddha and stuff, chicken, the crazy thing go. is I only did 45 recipes in here. So even a lot of the recipes now are going to be in cookbook number two. Oh. But um, even with the booty and it's just like, I, you know how it's like in the little paper yeah. rice. Yeah. I slice it open. I take the rice part out, mush it all up. Um, in my chicken, after I season it, I put the dirty rice inside the chicken and I roll it up, put a toothpick in there, um, drizzle some garlic butter, whatever I'm putting on top of it, put it in the oven for a good 30 so minutes. And when I tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Jilly. So you, you add sophistication to the booty. Oh, garlic oh. butter. Oh. Now, you know, that ain't no, that ain't no country. That ain't country. Well, I mean, it's country mixed with like modern day. That's what I'm saying. Like, That's what I'm saying. That's the beauty of your book. Now, you're taking a little country, bringing it forward. Because, I, you know, when you say boudin, it's crackers and boudin. That's standard black folks talk. Oh, with of boudin. course. Of course. You know now, you and ate this garlic butter drizzled it right there. Then she said slid it in the oven. You scared me, girl. You scared me now. You, <laughs> to, you scared me over here now. No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. So, you said this is cookbook one. And this now cookbook a- too. Now let's talk about your social media, which is phenomenal. You know, and I always tell people about social media is interesting because you know people follow you because they either want to be like you or you emotionally give something to them that they feel they they'll miss or you provide information. Why do you think you have such a strong social media fan base? I mean, I just think me, my personality. I think people fell in love with who Jilly is. I feel like people fell in love with who Jillian is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just throughout social media, I've showed a lot of my personality. I've let people into my life. Um, a little at times, it was like a little bit personal as well, which is why I feel like my fan base connected to me so well. They have experienced, you know, journeys with me. They have gone through some ups and downs. They have gone through a little bit of backing away from Instagram and noticing that I hadn't posted in a while or noticing my absence and, you know, being concerned. And so I think that's when, like, you have a, a extreme fan base. It's just so awesome that, you know, people relate to it. People um got connected with me, you know, and it's been a few years now, but at the end of the day, it's just like so strong till this day. I mean, it never, you never really realize how much people support you until it comes to things like items you're selling. And with my cookbook, it was just so amazing because when I tell you the, the outpour of love and then just to actually see it in sales was just like, so just honestly mind blowing. It was really, really mind blowing. And I don't want to say like I was shocked, but sometimes you are shocked. You're shocked that people will actually put in their credit card information to support you, you know? Right. So I think right. it was just such a blessing. And that was one of my most recent realizing moments of how my fan base, my social media, how impactful it is, you know, to my actual life. Well, that's that, that's really interesting because of the fact that you opted to do, you know, digital that format versus going to a a, rec- a, a book company like a Harper Collins or a Simon okay. Schuster. Now, is it any reason for that? Because you have the brand to be able to do that. You got the social media followers. You got the YouTube followers. So I'm sure any any major book company would want to publish your book. Any reason? I think um, you know I'm, I wasn't opposed to it, but I think I just wanted to do self publishing because. You know, I think most people pay to have a brand like I do. Most people pay to have like an outreach or an outlet like I do. So I think, you know, for me, just being able to self-publish my book and be the publisher of my book and put it out and not have to make a dollar off of a book that I've spent literally so much on, not only in the making, but my book is what, $30 and then only make a dollar from it. I just, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to receive all my profit. I wanted to, you know, really, I wanted this first book 
to be my baby. I want to book companies and everyone just to really see what I can do on my own. So, you know, when uh, cookbook slash lookbook number two comes out, I'm going to need that advance like way bigger. There you go. See, you know, <laughs> because, well, I, first of all, I love talking to you, you know, because uh, I always tell people when, when young people figure it out, you know, you figured it out. This is your brand. You're building it. You are your CEO of your company. What is your company? And and you are an entrepreneur. And so that's what excites me about talking to a person like you who is not about your looks. It's about your brains. It's driving your next step, your next financial opportunity, your next career move. Talk about your company and talk about your brain. Absolutely. So everything is Jillianese. I think my own um, finding a brand that suited me was so easy because it's me. It's right. literally me. So mm-hmm. Jillianese is my brand. Jillianese is my company and everything follows under that. And it just has several outlets. It's literally like a spider web. Jillianese is in the middle and it's music. It's, it's dancing. It's acting. It's cookbook. It's lookbook. It's fashion. It's fitness. It's family. It's like never ending. And I think that's the most amazing thing because it all coincides with Jillianese. It's literally who I am. It's who I am growing to be. So I think even when I did a project like this, I think my main focus was to let people know, you know, I'm not a person who is a chef who's going to open up a restaurant next week. Like that is not my intent. My intent is literally every time I cook or post something on Instagram, people are like, Oh my God, can you send this plate in the mail? Like, what is this recipe? Mm -hmm. And you know, I take, the feedback from people. People are like, well, how do you stay so fit? Well, I do work out. So here's me working out. Well, how do you also dance like this? Well, I mean, I was a dancer for 10 years of my life growing up, really 15 years of my life growing up. And it's just like everything coincides with my brand. It's literally who I am. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract contracts or commitment. Plus you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. When you, when you talk about that, because it's really interesting, because having you on my show, moneymakingconversation.com, one of the reasons, because, you know, there are a lot of people who want to be jilly, okay? You know, they're they're about your height, they're, they're, they're attractive like you, they have hair and nice shape, and, but you've crossed the line of leaving your competitors behind and you have a plan for being successful in the future. What is the separating line? You know, because Kardashians separate themselves and you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm just being really real with you. You are separating yourself. You know, you don't have a hit TV show on, you don't have a hit single out there, but you are growing and you're very popular and social media has made you a very viable media star. Because like mm-hmm. you said, you, you don't need to go on the radio to drop your book. You just dropped your book. And guess what? Right. You start dropping credit cards. What is right. separating you from your competition? I think just honestly, never 
dwelling and steering away from God's plan. I'm a big, big believer in my faith. And I just know that no matter what, whatever God has planned for me, it's unstoppable. I didn't know I would be putting out a book. I didn't know. I didn't, I couldn't tell you at the beginning of this year where this year would lead me. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of my faith. I I never grow weary. I never, you know, stop believing in God's plan for me. And I think that's the ultimate thing. I'm my biggest competition is myself. I just want to do better than I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to compete with anyone else. I don't even look in anybody else's direction. I am really big on congratulating my peers, supporting my peers. And I think, you know, as long as you are genuine, as long as, you know, at the end of the day, you could look at yourself in the mirror and know that everything you're doing is genuine. Your plan, like your path is going to come. Your path is unstoppable. Well, you are definitely unstoppable. Um, you, you, on, your, on your bio came out, it said the six F's of Jilly. Okay. I'm assuming that's a brand, part of your brand. You sat down and said faith, family, food, fitness, fashion, and fun. I'm going to go to yes, each sir. one. Then, we are, then I want to go back to the cookbook and, and want you to pull me through your favorite recipe. Then we're going to close it out. Absolutely. All right. Good, cool. Okay. okay the six F's of Jilly, you know, born in Pearland, now residing in Glendale, California. She's a star, not a star on the rise. She is a real star, social media star, YouTuber. She's a, she's a dancer, a singer. She's an all around superstar. Jilly, <laughs> this is Rashawn McDonald. First time I'm interviewing you. I've noticed that your bio said the six F's of Jilly. Break that down. Yeah, faith, family, food, fitness, fashion, and fun. Let's start with faith. Faith. I'm a big believer in my faith. You know, God comes first. God comes before it all. You know, without him, none of it's possible. And I don't just say that. I stand by that. I wake up every morning and I pray. I pray with my family. So twice a morning, once um, once I wake up, once again with my family, we have a group message where my dad sends us prayers every single morning nonstop. Then again, once before I go to sleep and, you know, just throughout the day, I just know that no matter what, without my faith without knowing who my God is, just none of this would be possible. And, you know, just always giving praise to the highest praise to the, you know, everything that I go through, everything through the good and bad. I just never stop saying thank you. I never not make time for that, you know? So I think with faith, it just has to do with growing up with my family who instilled that, you know, God is love. God is everything. So with, um, with God is love. I just know that no matter what, every success I owe it to him. So that's where faith comes from. And now on the family side, it was talking about the recipes in the book, their generation, you know, because we, we talked about family a little bit in faith, but let's talk about family when it comes to the food and your whole life. Family. You know, family, when it comes to the food, as you can see in my cookbook, it's very incorporated with my family. My family is all throughout it. My family is literally, I want to see if I can just quickly, I can even show you. Here's a picture right here with my dad. <laughs> this picture is like my mom and my grandmother. It's just, you know, family is a big part of my life. If you ever, you know, have seen me, here's my mom and my grandmother throughout it. Um, my brother's in here somewhere. Just, I mean, people who watch me, people who have been following me all these years, they know that my family is my everything. You know, my family is literally all I have. It's literally my mom, my dad, my brother, mm-hmm. um, and my grandmother. It's us five. And we have, we're small, but we're mighty. We are small, but we're <laughs> mighty. And, you know, for me, it's kind of, it was second. It's not even a, really a thought. It's just like, my family is my everything. I, I don't even want to, I don't know. It's just so, I don't even know like how to tell you 
nothing would be possible without my family. They're my backbones. They mm-hmm. have me more than anybody in this world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of gets like emotional to talk about it. But my mom, my dad, my brother, my grandmother, the way we support one another, the way we love one another. I just know that if everything were to go wrong in this world, their doors will always be open. And, you know, no matter what, I can be my true self around them. They'll never judge me. And they love me and support me through everything. So family is a very, you know, touchy, but strong subject to me. Cool. Let's, I'm going to combine two of the elves, food and fitness, you know. Food and fitness. Okay, mm-hmm. so with food, you know, food. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So with food and fitness, you know, in this cookbook, there's a lot of like happy, healthy meal. Uh, not really healthy, but happy, you know, good, gut-wrenching, go. buttery, <laughs> buttery with salt meals. Uh-huh. So I'm telling people abs are not included in this book. There you go. The the body is not included, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to make sure I combine food and fitness because they're separate in your in your way you lay it out. But you are dealing with a book that, like you said, uh, that's grown folks food in that book right there. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's some real food up in there. You know, shrimp, <laughs> the jumbo shrimp up in there and looking oh, good yeah. in there. <laughs> and so now the part of the book that really, uh, really made me, really caught my eye was the lookbook part. The lookbook, mm-hmm. cookbook. I had, maybe I'm maybe I missed something, but I've never seen that before. And it's so no, slick. Yeah. Talk about the fashion and the lookbook part. I mean, here's even just one. This is like a Versace look with that I did. Um, I think it came second nature to me because I mean, I love fashion. I love mm-hmm. style. I love. I feel like every day it's a fashion show, and you right. know, for me, like I said, I'm not a person who just sits in the kitchen and just like cooks. And that's not what I do. I'm not 60 years old, putting out a cookbook and have 20 kids. And it's just all about recipes. I mean, I wanted it to be true to my brand, true to my image. And my image is I literally will be in the kitchen fully clothed like this (laughs) cooking dinner. And that's what you coming home to. I mean, I just wanted it, you know, to be a part of really who I am and I love fashion. So I was like, how can I really incorporate this to not only make it like a cookbook, but make it so true to me yet. So fun yet. So different that hasn't been done. And I'm a big person on doing things that haven't been done. I don't want to fit in, you know, I want to stand out always. And I think doing a cookbook, slash lookbook and having a different look for every single meal. It's never been done. And I just can't wait to see everyone who tries to copy it now. Well, absolutely. It's, I'll tell you something. It's a first. Now, fun. I, I said that from the very beginning that you are a comedic actress. You know, uh, you have a sitcom skill. Of course, you, I would tell you, people can do drama, but being a funny person, being a sitcom, that's a that's a talent. That's a skill set. What is this fun personality? And uh, here, let me ask you this, because uh, a lot of times people see you on, on your social media. They see your TV. They see this upbeat person. When do you shut it down? Because I always tell you, I just all the time, Steve Harvey or, or Kevin Hart, they always think they should be funny all the time. They cannot be funny all the time. When do you shut it down? This, when does this fun person shut it down? I don't think it ever shuts down. I think I'm just fun 24 seven. I think I am just an awesome, delightful, always waking up in a great mood person. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, see, I'm just, just telling sleeping, you, but you're sleeping fun. I think you're it just comes fun. from my, <laughs> I think it comes from my family. <laughs> it comes again. It just plays, it goes again with my family. I, my family is 
fun. My family right. exudes fun. You come around us, there's never a dull moment. And it really is never a dull moment. I mean, you know, of course, I'm human. I get in my feelings sometimes too. But around my family, you better be in them feelings for two minutes or less because after a second, everyone going to be looking at you just crazy. So, I mean, when I tell you just... With my family, you can't be in a bad mood for long. You know, um, fun is just our life. Fun is our lifestyle. Life is too short. We really, my mom and my dad have done a great job with just always saying, you know, you don't stay mad for too long. You don't stay in a mad place for too long. Mm -hmm. You get over it. You get over it. You start something new. Every hour is a new hour, you know, just to be fun. Okay, have cool. fun in life. Well, you are fun. You're, you're fantastic. Now, a couple of things, you know, I'm putting my I'm putting my casting director, my manager hat on. Okay. If somebody offered you a cooking show, would you do it? I would. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I would make it my own. It wouldn't just be course, your okay. ordinary cooking show. Oh, no, you ain't going to be in there with the ugly apron. Okay, you're going to no. be in there being jelly. You'll be in there cooking oh, like yeah. jelly. Oh, for, for sure. For sure. sure. It's going to be real now. Ain't nobody messing with your, 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 your brand now. We're going to no. just the jelly brand. Okay. No, sure. Now, Okay, talk show, a panel, or you want an individual? You would you do a panel talk show? I would do um, both. I would. I love having different opinions um, with other people. I love whenever there is a panel if they're you know big and great co-stars. I think it's so amazing to have that different outlook, especially with women. I think it's such a great outlook to have, you know, different conversations with a panel of women and just different outlooks on life and different perspectives, as well as doing it individually. I mean, I can hold my own show. So, I mean, of course. I have no doubt. You know, your boy just asking for, you know, just laying it out, opportunities and things like that. Oh, absolutely. We love opportunities. Well, I I think that's your natural personality. You know, you're a go-getter, you know, but you're a go-getter with a plan. And that's what I respect about what you're trying to do and what you're accomplishing in life. But more importantly, you came on Money Making Conversation. We talked about the lookbook, cookbook. The boss lady can cookbook. You can cook, my friend. I yes. respect you for that. We will talk in the future. I want to make sure that you, I'm going to need some things from you, okay, when I when okay. I close this show, because I do want to get it over to you. Because in this business, it's about relationships. And when I see somebody who's as talented as you, um, I just want to give you a shot. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Because you work hard. No, no, I'm just telling you something, Jilly. You're a hard worker. You know, you don't get what you're doing because you know what I like about you? I have six sisters and I have a 24, 24-year-old daughter, okay? And I love the fact that she's my daughter. And I'm sure your father loves the fact that you are his daughter. Absolutely. And you represent a lot of great qualities that I would like my daughter to see uh, and, and embrace, and, and she can't sing like you. She can't dance like you. She can't act, but she has a great, fun personality like you. And she's an right. incredible academic student uh, in game design. But more importantly, you are great, young lady. And don't Thank change, okay? You. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I can't change. Can't. Oh, yeah, because she's fun in her sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, I've been the same person for 24 years. I can't change now. All right. Hey, Jilly, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, okay? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.